Welcome to the Gonna Love Me Too podcast, where we discuss dating, relationships, and absolutely everything self-growth. This is the podcast where important topics meet progress and where wisdom and weirdness collide. I am your host, John Polo. I'm a coach, author, speaker, and now a podcast host. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? So the title of today's episode is The Moment I Decided I Wanted to Live Again. So the first thing I'm going to tell you guys is something that I'm not proud of. I am not proud of it at all. But it is my truth, so I'm going to share it. When Michelle was sick and dying, I told her that I was going to go with her. As though the loss of my wife wasn't enough, there was so much more happening behind the scenes that I still don't talk about yet, but one day I will. There was so much more incredible heartache happening beyond, somehow beyond the fact that she was dying. There was so much other, so many other things happening that made it so much worse beyond the fact that this amazing human was going to pass away, you know, at the age of 30. Okay. Um, you know, if I go back to falling in love with her as a teenager and then losing her for, you know, eight years only to reunite as we did. And then for her to get sick so quickly after, everything we were going through, it was, you know, there's no nice way to put this, killing her physically, but it was both killing both of us mentally and emotionally. And watching her die and knowing what was going to come after her passing was just too much for me to bear alone. So one day I told her, I told her that I was going with her. And I do regret putting that on her already tired shoulders, but I did. And she told me, no, you're not in no uncertain terms. I can't share everything she said, not today, But she told me that I was going to stay and that I would find hope and that I would rebuild and that in time I would find happiness again and that life could be beautiful again. Kind of sounds like John Polo the coach, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Obviously, I didn't believe it. And as I said in episode zero of this podcast, despite what she said, I still plan to join her. But at the 25th hour, I decided to stay. And when I decided to stay, it was not because I had hope, but it was in the hope that one day I might find my hope. I was shattered in every way. I was shattered in every way. And there's a point to me telling this part of the story here again. A month after Michelle passed, a friend suggested that I start a blog. So I did. 
And I started making connections through the blog. And somebody, you know, said, hey, there's widowed groups on Facebook. Can I add you to some? And I was like, what the fuck? Widowed groups on Facebook? What does that even mean, right? <laughs> 31 years old. You don't know that there's widowed groups on Facebook. But I was like, sure, yeah, go ahead, add me. Why not? So through these groups on Facebook, you know, I start to make more connections. And, you know, we're about 11 months out now. Some of the girls that are on the, you know, groups are kind of cute. I'm like, oh, she's cute. She's cute. A lot of young widowed people never knew that existed either. Start talking to some people, kind of open my mind to dating again. You know, things are kind of evolving in some way. Somebody tells me, hey, John, you know, your blog is pretty popular. You should consider speaking at Camp Widow. Like, what the fuck is Camp Widow, right? <laughs> what is that and why do I want to go tell me? So they told me and I applied. And after a phone call, you know, with the woman who runs it, Michelle Hernandez, CNN hero, they, you know, they gave me the opportunity to come and speak for them. Now, before I continue with the story and the purpose of this episode, the moment I wanted to live again, which we'll get to in a few minutes, I want to pull back for a second. So I'm not a big believer in the five stages of grief. That may be true for somebody who's, you know, dying. Um, but I don't think that that's true for a lot of people who experience like a loss. I don't think that it's that linear of a process. I just don't really believe in it. I kind of came up with my own creation. <laughs> so I think that there's three phases after you lose somebody that you loved with all your heart. Now, it doesn't have to be just to a death. This could be any kind of like really horrible trauma or heartbreak that you endure during the course of your life. I think there's three phases. I think survive is the first one, right? Survive first. You are hanging on for dear life. Whether or not you want to, you are hanging on for dear life just to survive the unimaginable horror of what you have experienced, right? Okay, that's phase one. Phase two is what I call exist. So survive first, exist second. And it's when you can look back and you can say to yourself, holy shit, I have survived and I'm actively surviving this. Again, whether or not you want to, but I'm most certainly not living again. I'm just kind of walking through the motions of life, right? That's phase two, exist. Phase three is live. Live again. So we go from survive first, exist second. Phase three is live again. Now, for some people, that is a gradual thing, right? They kind of gradually are working on things and over time they realize they want to live again. For other people, it's like a light bulb moment. What happens for many people is when they come to that place where they decide that they want to live again or they have that light bulb moment where they have an epiphany that they want to live again. They don't know what that means because they don't really know who they are anymore. Their life was set and then it crumbled into a billion pieces and they want to live again, but they don't necessarily know what that means or how to live again. Okay. So now that I set the stage for that, I'm 18 months out at this point, right? And I'm headed to Camp Widow to speak. 
My first book is scheduled to come out in a month. And I'm also planning on starting the coaching a few months from that point. Okay, so things are kind of in motion, but I am still fully in the existing again phase. Okay, I have survived and I know that I'm going to survive this, but I'm definitely not living again. I am existing. So I head to Camp Widow, which is in San Diego in August of 2017, 18 months after Michelle passed. And this trip would prove absolutely life-changing for me. For the first time since Michelle passed, I felt seen. For the first time since Michelle passed, I felt heard. For the first time since Michelle passed, I felt important and like I mattered and as though I had a community. For the first time since Michelle passed, I felt understood. There were so many amazing things that happened on that trip. One of them was that I saw versions of the old John coming back. I was funny again on that trip. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what the fuck? Whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck is happening? Like, you're, you're funny again? Like, you haven't been funny since Michelle got sick. I mean, maybe I had moments of it, but I wasn't consistently funny because as you can imagine, if your wife has cancer and then is dying, you're not going to be, you know, very humorous very often. So I'm starting to feel like the old me in some ways and I'm making new friends and it's just, it's an amazing trip so far. And then comes time for my workshop and I am scared shitless. Because the only two times I had ever spoken in my life in front of people were at my dad's funeral and my wife's funeral. At my dad's funeral in 2008, I was shaking, literally. I could not look up from the piece of paper at all. At my wife's funeral in 2016, I wasn't quite that bad. I managed to look up a couple times, but it was still pretty nerve-wracking. So it's my time to give my workshop now. And I go in the room and there's about 150 people, maybe even more. And I start to stumble upon the first couple words. And I literally just kind of like wanted to exit stage left. Just be like, fuck this, I'm done, my bad. I can't speak in front of people. Um, But I kept going. And, you know, two or three minutes in, I kind of got my groove. And it went really, 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 really great. I got great reviews. I thought it went great and the reviews confirmed that. So now in addition to all these other amazing things that are happening, I'm also kind of looking at this as maybe this isn't just a hobby with a blog that's taking off and, you know, a speaking opportunity that went really well and a book that's coming out and the coaching, which I had been planning on maybe launching. I'm thinking maybe I have stumbled upon something that I could actually turn into a career. So Camp Widow ends on Sunday. And Monday after camp, a few of us who had gotten really close decided to change our flights. And we went to the beach instead. The fact that it was a Monday is actually really important to this story. So we go to the beach and it's a warm, sunny, beautiful day in San Diego. And we're sitting on the beach and we're eating tacos and we're laughing. Six widowed people thoroughly enjoying themselves. Six widowed people who at one point definitely believed that they would never smile again. Truly smiling and laughing. 
I remember I started to people watch a bit. And I noticed people riding their bikes. And I noticed people skateboarding. And rollerblading. And I noticed people laughing. And enjoying life. And something amazing happened that still sticks with me to this day. I was reminded for the first time in a long time of the beauty that this world can hold. I was reminded that there was a whole world out there that went beyond the chemo and the scans and the horror of watching your person die. I normally don't talk spirituality. Only if I'm in a one-on-one session with a client and they kind of bring it up. But I'm going to for a moment. In that moment, back in August of 2017, I remember feeling and thinking to myself that I believed Michelle was free. I believed that Michelle was happy. I believed that Michelle was okay. And in that moment, a light bulb went on. And I realized I had the ability. Ability is the key word there. I had the ability to be free and to be happy and to be okay as well. And in that moment, I decided fully that I wanted to live again. I never thought I would survive losing her. I didn't want to survive losing her. I scrapped and I clawed and I fought so hard to just hang on. And then I existed for so long, going through the motions of life, no enjoyment, No hope. Just existing. And in that moment on the beach. In San Diego. Amongst new friends. Being funny again. For the first time in a long time. I decided that I wanted to actually live again. Not just survive. Not just exist. But actually live. As I looked out into the endless ocean and heard the laughter of laughing humans, I realized that I could think outside of the box, that I could create anew. These people were on the beach having a good time on a fucking Monday (laughs) for a lifetime. I thought Mondays had to be miserable, I remember thinking to myself. I was having all of these epiphanies, but I don't even know if epiphany is the right word. It was more like a spiritual awakening, but I didn't know what to do with it because I, you know, hadn't gotten very far in the process of rebuilding myself as a person yet. So I knew I wanted to live again, but I didn't fully know what that meant. And me going through that myself is why it's one of my absolute favorite things to work with clients on now. 
I knew that I had a long way to go. With grief, with rebuilding, with all of it. And I actually had no idea at that moment how many incredible obstacles were still going to be in my way. New ones that were going to come out of nowhere. I had no idea. But I had the life that I wanted. And I had it taken from me. And Michelle had her life taken from her. I can truly remember sitting there, even four years later, thinking to myself, John, you're smiling. (laughs) John, you're laughing. John, life can actually possibly be beautiful again. And then my mind turned to Michelle. And I said, oh, Johnny Pooh, as she used to call me. She was right. And as usual, you were wrong. It's just this time, I would actually be happy to admit it. Thank you for listening to the Gonna Love Me Too podcast. For information on my books, coaching, virtual workshops, live events, and more, visit my website, johnpolocoaching.com. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you know somebody that can be helped by this podcast, don't be shy. Let them know it exists.